All right. Oh, wait, I need to give her. That's right. You said you I need to wave. Cues. I need to give you the cue. Wait, the voice cue? Hey, yeah, I up, know. Guys? I know. Hey, what's up, Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino, and we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. What is up, guys? It is Ragbag bringing you another edition of Regular Guy Gaming right here on the Grapple Talk Network. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. I think you're in for a treat. Uh, this week's interview, Riles Beniles returning as... Uh, Riles, RGG, and myself sit down for a Skype chat, and we go over some of our favorite video game accomplishments. Now, don't confuse this with achievements. We're talking some old-school gaming uh, things before achievements and trophies were actually a thing, and uh, it's a pretty fun discussion. We talk about some of these old-school video games that we played, um, what we distinctively remember uh, after years and years of gaming to be some of our favorite accomplishments. And I think it's a fantastic discussion. You know, we go, we talk about old school Power Rangers. We talk about old Final Fantasy games. Riles Beniles uh, gives us a very thorough, detailed uh, lesson in Fire Emblem. So I think you all enjoy that. And, uh, and yeah, we just ultimately have fun. Three dudes uh, having a good chat. And, uh, you know, there's some exciting stuff happening in our trio, including Riles Beniles starting to stream. But we'll, we'll talk about that. And with that, we will send it over to RGG, Riles Beniles, and myself. Welcome to Regular Guy Gaming. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, Ragbag, for that opener. I'm sure it was great, and I'm sure it was amazing, whatever you said. Yeah, the first uh, person. yeah. <laughs> um so um i hope you guys didn't hear that my desktop just it was that wine out of the bottle no. you're gangster oh okay we have uh riles beniles with us here so say something something i knew that i knew was, it i knew he was gonna say that so oh I, mean, I, I have been your friend too long textbook <laughs> is that gonna be going your fucking essay on me you fucking weirdo <laughs> Oh, let me turn that off real quick. No, um, that your... looks really nice. Like your shit is smooth as shit. This is uh, my laptop. I paid a lot of money for this. It's a gaming laptop. Paid a lot of money for it. Okay. So, anyway, oh, yeah, but I called, me, uh, called me Isaac and not RGG what? on the show. You called yourself Ooh. that. Yeah, you did. That's all you. I'm not going to let that happen. Okay, so, um, guys, you're probably wondering why uh, they're back together again, another episode. Yes, why? Well, because I harassed them quite a bit until we got this done. And uh, I can't tell if he was angry or not. Riles Beniles, was he Was he kidding or was the side of him a little bit serious? Oh, he was pissed off, 100%. Yeah, I was super mad. I was very angry. Super mad. You. Because I would not be here right now if I was actually upset. I would be probably streaming on Twitch if I was that pissed. I'm not going to lie, dude. I, I I was excited to play some games tonight, but I'm also excited to hang out with you two bros and talk some video games as well. Because that's always a fun way to spend a Tuesday night and to kind of end it. And, uh, hey, RGG's doing good things lately. The Grapple Talk Network as a whole is really doing some great things lately. Lots of it's great numbers. We thank everybody for the support. We say this every single time we do this because we can't say it enough. 
And I know you guys feel the same way with uh, with with RGG and obviously with the Riley Factor too. Yeah, Hayden that... Christensen. <laughs> like what? What? Like from the Star Wars movies? That's it's it's fucking from Family Guy. If you fucking people watch that show, I don't. All right, let's let's literally, say literally, literally they do the fucking whole thing where they'd have like all the like the the spirits of all the the Jedi people. It was uh. <laughs> So it's it's the episode where Peter finds uh, finds out his dad is actually Irish and that, that one. He, he was it's so and then they had this whole thing where it's like it's like you're a fat singing drunk it's like yeah based uh, then it's Obi Wan Kenobi where it's like yeah based on what we've heard that sums it up and then uh, Yoda is like oh yeah you got to challenge him and then meanwhile fucking Hayden Christensen is like and I'm Hayden Christensen so basically <laughs> I was just saying that. Uh, Grapple Talk Network's doing good stuff. And hey, I'm also here as well. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, that yeah. Was, took a long time to explain. <laughs> yeah. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. It just was like... Right yeah, yeah, that. I got it. Somebody got that, but... So I got, I got what you were saying, because it took you like two weeks or whatever, how many weeks to get an episode out, which I'm oh, sure okay. you, will, you won't do that again. Uh, I don't know. It's up to you. I mean, it's your network. Oh, next, cool. next time... Next time it will be eight weeks because that's what uh, Nick told me to do. Oh, I'm gosh, supposed- so much fire. If you guys haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to the last flagship episode because there actually is a lot of shots fired, including a shoot on Ian Xavier. It's great. From <gasps> Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's a little tidbit, though. It's a little tiny, little tiny Easter egg that if you blink, you'll miss it. But Jesse slips in a little Ian Xavier uh, sick burn. Is he talking about how he's not a man because he calls himself the X-Man? He does not actually say that. I can't actually recall. I just remember him saying Ian Xavier's name, and I was like, whoa. That oh, okay. Dude, dude, there's there's so much heat on this network. There's heat on the Grab Talk, the Grab Talk flagship. There's, there's heat on the regular guy gaming. There's heat on the Ross Family Matters podcast. R2G has no heat. We have, Everybody we don't say controversial things. We really we don't. Did. Actually, I know. Actually, listening to the, our, our last podcast, we were kind of shitting on RCCW a little bit. What? We are probably unbooked. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what the lose? Oh my god. Okay. Are you really texting Derek? You are totally texting Derek right now. You fucking. Oh, Derek texted me. Yeah. Derek sent me a message and was like, "Dude, I can be a cop." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Forgot about what? Nah. I don't the know grab fuck network now with thirty percent heat. Uh, the Riley factor. We kind of made fun of Derek a little bit about you know his 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 uh his nature, his peaceful nature. Oh okay. Oh yeah. I get it. Yeah, I listened. I listened to, like the first ten minutes of your guys' podcast, but I wasn't on the road enough to listen to it in my car, which is when I primarily listen to podcasts. So I'm sure I'll get to it. But, but yeah, but, but let's RG RG. Nah, regular guy gaming. Let's let's take control of this. This is the All longest right. intro on the it's fucking. Very long planet. intro, actually. Yeah. Some of this out and whatever, but I'm here we go. Any of this out. God. All right, guys. I have you here for something specific, actually. Um, I have been thinking to myself. You know, I've been thinking. You know how sometimes you just go back to the old days, like you just think of gaming when you were younger and things you did and and that. just. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I always do that. I'm just adding. And then, I'm adding to your yeah. intro, yeah. And then nostalgia and all that. So actually, um, my main thing for tonight, and this might not be a long episode, that's okay. But honestly, what is your guys before achievements came in? What was what is one of your greatest and or one of the things you can you do not forget? Something you'll never forget. Like wow, you know, I did that. You know, or, or, you know, this, I got this done. I achieved this 
And I am very proud of this. Does that make sense? And why not, okay, yeah, and I actually I do have a couple in mind that I'm really excited to share, but I'm going to do some research really quick so I can actually add a little bit more as far as what exactly the achievement was because it was so long ago, but why don't you tell the audience, give them an example of what you're talking about by uh, sharing with us your own. So, um, I'll start off with me, okay? Now, okay, mine's a little long, but uh, so Riley, try to stay awake there. Um, so, uh, years ago, uh, PlayStation 1, guys remember when Devil May Cry first came out? Um, that game was absolutely amazing. It was something that changed a lot for me. It changed the way I expected in-game combat to be uh, when you play, you know, adventure games and action games like that. You know, I it, it just blew my mind. And I became absolutely obsessed with that game. And in that game, uh, there's a mode called Dante Must Die Mode. And then in that mode, if you get hit one time, you die. One time? If you get one time. One time? One time! <laughs> if you get hit <laughs> once, you die. I wanted, you guys know how Capcom does the rating systems. You get A's, then you get SS, and then you get three S's as like, holy shit, you did combos, you found everything you were supposed to find, you know what I mean? You know, they do the rating system. Well, one of my goals was, it was on the hardest level, Dante Must Die mode is on the hardest difficulty, and if you get hit at all, you die, and the enemies would go in what's called REM mode, meaning you couldn't juggle them. So you could do little cheap tricks with your different weapons, and this was before they would, you'd get a new weapon, and they would have a quick tutorial on how to use that weapon. You guys know what I'm talking about in games today, when you beat a boss or something, you get a weapon, and then they'll show you how to use that weapon. Yep. This was before that. They would just give you a weapon and say, good luck, keep playing the game. Uh -huh. um, so, like I said, in REM mode, you were not able to juggle um, a, a lot of creatures at all, which could keep you safe. Um, so, what I did was, is I, I probably, I don't know, I probably spent, I couldn't tell you how many hours playing this game to get perfect S's on all the stages so that I could get whatever this end thing. I don't know what it was, but I played this game perfectly from the beginning to the end, never got touched. If you remember, there are these stars you, you could collect that would fill up your demon meter. You guys remember the demon trigger? I didn't play that game very much, bro. It was a demon trigger that you could go into, and then you'd be really powerful, do all kinds of amazing shit. Triggered. Triggered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you you wanted. I learned that you know what I should save all this because I noticed these each star you would get would flip your demon trigger and you'd get to have it. So I but I noticed it would stay with you if you didn't use it. So I would go find all of them, do the best you know, and I would have all of them. By the time you come to the last boss, you know you turn into this giant demon. Basically, you're coming at this boss and you can use all those triggers to get the last boss into his last phase without even being touched. So then the boss himself was absolutely ridiculous. And if, like I said, if you got touched once, you died. And I was able to play Devil May Cry, the very first game, on the hardest level and get a perfect score all the way through. Never got touched. I absolutely mastered that game. Huh. And that's something I will never forget. It's one of my greatest achievements and I wish there was an achievement today for that, because that would have been a 1% platinum achievement. 
yeah, dude. I mean, um, I, ap apologies, but I've been doing research and trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to come up with, and I have the perfect thing that I specifically remember. Jumping on the back of actually a fighting game, because that sounds like it's fucking incredible, but I don't know if you guys had played Super Nintendo a lot, but they had released a uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers... Um, yeah! It, it was a side-scroller. It was a 2D side-scroller, but then a little bit later on... Um, in 1995, they released Mighty Morphin Power Rangers The Fighting Edition. Um, so there were, I believe, it's nine characters. Um, and what you do at the very beginning of the game story mode is that you would pick um, between it was it was either one of the um, one of the it was basically I think either with Tommy's fucking what are those called Zords? Is that what they're called? Zords? The fucking the big bad machines that they use mm -hmm. to fight people. Um, yeah. You'd either pick the one with the white Power Rangers Zord, or you'd pick the one with like the red Power Rangers Zord, and then you would go through and battle all of these different enemies. And I remember being a kid, and you'd always get to the very end, and uh, Ivan Ooze was always like, he was like the surprise main bad guy. You're like, I didn't even know he was in this game, because you can't even play with him after you beat the game. Like, you can't be Ivan Ooze because he's so OP. And I remember um, that it just took so many tries to beat this dude. And it was like one of those really, really, really satisfying fights where you, you continually block. You fight this dude for like 10 minutes, which as a, a an 8-year-old felt like fucking 10 years. Yeah, once yeah. you finally defeated him in this like terribly graphic 2D fighting game, it was just the I can't even explain. I, I still so I can I can almost yeah, yeah I can feel it right now thinking about mm -hmm. defeating Ivan Ooze back uh, in the fighting edition story mode and uh, and he didn't get anything for it either, did he? Nothing. It's just like but it was uh, still worth it. You're like okay, now I can move on with yep. my life because I finally you know, got Ivan Ooze. You know what I got for beating Dante Must Die mode on the hardest difficulty and getting a perfect score? What's that? They give you a picture. That says, congratulations, with all Capcom characters on it. That's what you got. You're like, oh, neat. And, but I did. Back then, I was like, oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> my buddy, shout out to Bill. And there's a lot of people who are listening right, right now that know the whole controversy between hashtag Team Bill and hashtag Team Isaac. Also, there's um, a lot of people named Bill. It's like, huh, me? No, the specific people listening to RGG know hashtag Team Bill, hashtag whatever, the yeah movement. Anyway, um, three of he, he, uh, he, looked, he looked at me, you know, I called him, you know, and, you know, he came over and I showed it to him and he literally said, are you fucking crazy? What was the point of all that? For a picture? It's like, yeah, man, it was awesome. So it was awesome. And I know what you mean. Like, it was great. That feeling, even now I'm getting it right now, that feeling is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it definitely is. I got another one too, Riley, if you still need to think a little bit. And I think a lot of us could probably relate to this one. Do you guys remember in SmackDown Just Bring It when they actually made Fred Durst an unlockable character? Do you guys yes. remember that at all? Yes. Yes. You had to play as... All I remember of Just Bring It is just a shitty uh, sinking to people talking and there'd be no voice. It was awful. But there was... If you had to play as The Undertaker in what they called the slobber knocker mode, which I think was like a gauntlet mode, and um, once you beat 15 rounds, you unlocked Fred Durst and his stupid fucking entrance. It was the dumbest fucking achievement ever. But for some reason, again, as a young lover of professional wrestling and, and knowing that Limp Biscuit did the Undertaker's theme song at that time, you were like, this is fucking awesome. That is so cool that I have Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst, I can whoop some ass with him. That's and, like, uh, it was, yeah, it was keep so rolling, cool. rolling, rolling. So That's cool. like unlocking the hose in uh, Nintendo 64, No Mercy. 
Pretty much, yeah. It's like, the fuck? It's like, I don't know why I have this. I won't ever use it, but it's kind of neat that I, I you unlocked it, right? It's like one of the hardest yeah, things exactly. to do. Yeah, exactly. And you did it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wish there were, kind of, I wish there were achievements back then. Riley, do you have anything or were you not able to? I oh. actually have, I have two, actually. Nice. Um, so, first one I'll talk about is just, it'll, it'll be a quick gloss over. Um, it kind of branched off into two different ones. So, God of War 2, uh, when you get to fight Zeus for the first time, that he was fucking the worst boss on the fucking planet because you just, he's always so good. That was God of War 3. No, no. God of War 2, you fight him for the first time. God of War 3, you fight him for the last time. Oh, okay. Did, like you you didn't you didn't even play God of War two, did you? Sprite? I played all of them. Then how do you not remember that? Yeah, casual. <laughs> Nerd. Oh wait, I forgot what podcast I'm on. Anyways, uh, no, because like you fight him with the sword of Olympus, and like you think like, oh man, like I got the sword now, it's all charged. I'm gonna fuck this guy oh, up. You're right. And then, that's and then all right. of a sudden he's like, ah, oh, fuck you, backslap, and he kills you, and it's like, motherfucker, this fucking asshole. And then sure enough. Like I uh, speaking of God of War three, that boss fight was even harder. Yeah, maybe so mad, but there was an achievement to it. So then, at least when you get to keep mashing the button to keep pummeling his face, and it's like I'm just gonna so it was so re- that was that was the relieving part. Like, like even ripping it, off what's his name's head. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, stepping on your time. Go ahead. So, uh, so basically, um, God of War two, like fighting him and then getting the whole like cutscene at the end, and then. And then uh, even when they're like, no, no, you can't kill him. You can't kill him right now. It's like, get out of the way. Fucking stabs Athena. It's like, motherfucker. Oh, yes. And then it's like, cliffhanger. We'll see a God of War 3. And I'm like, when is that coming out? And it took forever. Oh, it took forever. But I love the, the route they went where he went to the old gods. And what? Fuck it. I was so, man, that was such a great Well, it was game. a good time because then he, like, ultimately, yeah. he, because the boss before Zeus, you face the Sisters of Fate. And then you basically kill Zeus. You go back to the to the room of time. Go back in time again. Like you, and then you reset it. That you take seeing yourself fight Ares. Yeah, that was so cool. And so I, I would say, you know, that was definitely my my toughest boss. That you know, for, for the PS2, that you get the achievement. You're like, oh, it's kind of satisfying, but not. But what I will say is that with God of War one. Uh, when you beat Ares, like the boss, the boss fight is like meh, but the reward was amazing. Where like if you get enough collection, you get like the hotline, and you call, and it's like congratulations, Spartan, you can, you've completed God of War one. Nice. And it's like, and then it's like, oh shit, like because they literally had the they had Kratos on the hotline, and like talks about how like you're a, you're a god among men and all that stuff. I was like, this is cool. I like this. <laughs> That's that's cool. You should have started with that one. Well, I wanted to build up. I wanted to build up to that because the the first one was like, eh, whatever. And because if I would have started with the hotline and then finished up with, oh, you kill Zeus, but there's really nothing out of it. It's like, wow, that kind of eh, petered out. Talk about Um, games like that, or do you have another one, Riley? Was that uh, so? Basically, so that was kind of my first one that split into two. Um, but I will say that my sec- my and then this one I'll finish up with this one uh, for the achievement is Fire Emblem for the Game Boy. Oh, uh, because when you play that game, like everybody, like everybody had the same like most frustrating moment because like I remember reading N- Nintendo Power and they do like the survey with like the the staff 
And one of the guys, like when they did the questionnaire, it's like most most challenging part in a video game. And one of the guys answered, uh, completing Fire Emblem without having any of your characters die. He's like, that's my guy. It's it, I know exactly that feeling because like it's one of those things where you like uh, the first uh, English game, the first American Fire Emblem was uh, Fire Emblem Six, and. Like they try to make it like really immersive because like your character was you and then you were like in the game but you technically weren't. Um, but they always interact. You was like, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, let's let's come on, let's go fight this battle. Um, but they were just trying to appeal to American uh, side of it. Um, but like you be in the game and then everybody like so if you had a character who was just getting their fucking ass kicked, they were just getting all of the aggro, literally all of the fucking aggro. They get killed, and you're like, motherfucker! If if they don't if they don't dodge, because you're always like hitting the the B button, the down button for me is like, oh, I'm gonna time it. I'm gonna time it. it. Has nothing to do with it. Um, so then you killed. It's like, oh, I I can't make it much longer. I don't think I'm gonna make it. They fade out. They die. You don't get them back ever. So it's like, nope. Gotta turn it off. Gotta reset the game. Gotta reset the chapter. All right, come back. That's not gonna happen. And that was the most frustrating thing, whether it was Fire Emblem 6 or 7, the Sacred Stones. It was fucking infuriating to play a, a level like 30 times just to make sure that everybody advanced to the next level. You know, um, I'm looking here. I had to look some of that up because that seems absolutely infuriating. And I'm seeing... It's horrible. I'm seeing here people like asking any help for a no, like anyone doing no death runs. And there's people here saying how heart wrenching and how, how like sad they were when they would lose characters. So your character would die and that would be it. Yep. And the worst part about it is that a lot of times in fire emblem, like I remember my first playthrough was kind of like, Oh, my archer died. Ah, whatever. It's it's like I would just like okay, moving on. I'll it, it it is what it is. Sure enough, you find out in a couple other uh, levels later that you can recruit somebody because they know this person, and you get them to talk, and then it's like, oh, I'm gonna join your team because they'll be like, oh, here's this badass mercenary that's like killing everybody. Oh well, hey, back in the day, apparently this person and this person. We're hanging out and they're like saved this person's life and he never forgot that. And you get the little monologue when he's talking about like when he when that person gets introduced, he's like, oh, that guy died like five levels ago and I can't <laughs> oh, got to reset everything. <laughs> That's, so, yeah. That's really cool. So it, it's basically like I, what I liked about Fire Emblem is that it's it's always like a game of chess. Because, like, you do move your, your guys around. You have to, you know, strategize where you put everybody. Make sure that you you wipe out the t the opponents. But Without you don't get wiped. Team. Exactly. Um, but it was one of those things where, you know, in chess, it's like if shit gets knocked around, whatever, as long as you win. But it was kind of like you didn't want to lose any pieces. Um, just because what if, what if your pawn on E6 apparently knew the bishop on D17? Yep. You know, I yeah. don't fucking know chess boards. Um, yeah. So it, it was just, it was just the, that idea because then all of a sudden, like, oh, here's your cleric who is like, whatever, it's a healing piece. You get like five healing pieces. But apparently your particular cleric knows this particular, you know, assassin, you know, in like and you five wanna, years yep. later. And then they get the like the badass killing edge sword, which everybody was like, oh, that's a guaranteed critical hit. And then just destroy everybody. Like you want that. But it's like you gotta you gotta be like okay well shit I need this guy 
I need these guys. I need these people to protect. And it's like, it's a leveling how, system. How but you long also, did that take? Like, how long? How many hours did you put into this so game? So many times. And even even the final boss where it's like, oh, if I lose somebody, I lose somebody. It's it's not it's that's whatever. It's, it's so built. It's so built in your system that you have to just reset and begin because you want everybody. Because like, what if the epilogue is like, oh hey, well this person went on to do this and this person went on to do this. Fucking insane. It's yeah. fucking horrible. Because here's the fucking thing. <laughs> it was horrible, and I love. I'm, I'm I'm hot now. Um. Fire Emblem Sacred Stone, uh, the last boss is a demon, and you get all these, like, named weapons, and they do critical damage on him because you t- you could tell if something w- did critical damage because, like, if you went atta- attack somebody and then the weapon flashed in the, in the, um, in the pregame, it's like, oh, well, you'll do this much damage, they'll do this much damage to you in the turn-based system, but if it flashed, it's like, oh, there's a good chance you're going to fuck this person up. So you'd fucking it, it would flash all these name weapons to the demon king, and then it's like you'd hit him, and it was question marks like slash. Oh, it, it did some damage, but oh, you didn't hit, you didn't hit a hundred yet because it'd be question mark because it meant it was like way above a hundred, and a hundred was like the max of like hit markers that the screen would show. So you do these like these just badass combo moves. You do all this shit, critical strikes. Like eight people get hit critical strikes before your term is over, because then it would be surrounding and nobody would get to that hundred marks. Like you motherfucker! And then next turn, oh, critical hit! I just killed your guy. Ah, God, reset. Okay, I, I thank you, Riles Beniles. I, I mean, I didn't think you were gonna have anything, and you did. That was amazing. Go ahead, um, Ragbag. I just wanted to point out, Riley, I don't know if you can um, relate to this. I'm not sure how big of a Final Fantasy person you are. But uh, RGG, do you remember Omega Weapon? I remember that actually being somewhat of like this weird, because it was a side boss. You didn't necessarily need to chase Omega Weapon. In Final Fantasy VIII was kind of when it it became a big big deal. It was in Final Fantasy VI as well. Um, But Final Fantasy X also became a side super boss too, so... My favorite side boss was actually in Final Fantasy IX, Ozma. Um, Ozma was a... The only way to get Ozma was having a gold chocoboo and you had to get um, a pepper. Um, and do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. Ozma, did you ever get to Ozma? I did not. I Ozma is in a grave and it didn't really matter what level um, your team was because he could just kill your guys right off the bat like it was almost it was almost rng but you had to use um i used steiner and vivi remember yep. steiner and vivi i used a lot of reflect magic reflect i used pickpocketing um god what else i can't quite remember but um you know we're talking about role-playing games osmo was another one of those yeah. achievements that i did breaking the 9999 mark remember yeah. that yeah and that's, and that's what's crazy is like you know riley's talking about uh you know uh Fire Emblem? I'm, I'm sorry. That's what we're yeah, talking about, right? Fire Emblem, fucking, yeah. Now we're talking about Final Fantasy. And you're talking about, like, dude, I remember purchasing these big, thick-ass strategy guides, going on, using the dial-up internet, using these fucking, like, Angel Fire shit websites, and, like, look, how do I find this shit? How do I do this? I, it's like, I actually had, had a rule. That anymore. Yeah, no, I, mean, I had a rule. No in, strategy guides. Back in Nintendo Power, they would, uh, if, 
because Fire Emblem, it would usually be like cover art for whatever month it was, like whenever it came out. And like they'd have at least two magazines where they have little like they'd have at least like the first 20 levels. So it'd be like, you know, one edition would have 10 levels tune in next month for the final 10 levels. But obviously there was more than 20 levels. But it was kind of like it would like kind of get your get your uh, boots on the grounds, boots on the ground, and then you're like, okay, cool. Like uh, I still need help. And it was like kind of. I'm kind of judging you guys here, and it's what's funny about this is I actually was I actually uh, my buddy Bill um, hashtag Team Bill. He um, he actually will if he was on this. I'm trying to get him on, but he's just being a douche. Um, he says that I over the years of our friendship that I actually have made him dread and hate even looking at strategy guides because of how bad I would he said verbally abuse him which I don't think I was that bad but he said I used to verbally abuse him for using strategy guides and now he won't even look up combos on the internet when you know how him and I play a lot of fighting games together he won't even look up strategy guides on how to play a character he like has to figure the character out himself figure out the frames himself you know, he refuses to look at strategy guides. And right now I'm just judging you guys. How could you look at a strategy guide? You're, it's why, Okay. Well, part of the reason why I looked at strategy guides was because we've talked about this a million times on this podcast. And I don't necessarily want to go into it too deep. But it's part of the lure. And the. I mean, I, re- I remember the first strategy guide that I ever had was actually for Zelda Ocarina of Time. And the front cover was like gold, similar to like the special edition game that I had. And I remember that I didn't read it necessarily to learn about the, the, the better ways in which you could expose the game. I just thought it was fun to look through. I mean, it had really, it was, they, they were just like a nice big book that described everything about a game that you really enjoyed playing. And similar to Final Fantasy X, I mean, I, I would look at that shit. It had all the enemies in it. I'm like, I'm going to read up on these enemies. Here's a little quick bio on all the enemies you had. I was like, oh, this is so fucking cool. Like, I could give two shits on the strategy side of it as much as I could like learning more about the game that I simply couldn't by just playing it. Yeah, and, and, and for Nintendo Power, it wasn't necessarily like a full-on uh, strategy guide. It because I mean anybody that's read Nintendo Power once ultimately knows that I mean it's a magazine which has everything Nintendo related, and it's just there would be a little like it would basically be like a centerpiece kind of thing. It's like, oh, here's a little strategy guide for the cover art. And every, like, this is what we're going to highlight in this magazine. This is what we're going to focus on. And a lot of it necessarily wasn't like, oh, go to this place and go to this place. Because it was kind of like, it's totally up to you. But it would kind of give you like a little bit of uh, say like. An outline, oh, a skeleton. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is like, this is this level. And beware because you're going to get a lot more environmental like places and everything. You have to do this, it's that. Um, speaking of side quests, like there was a couple side quests that you do where you could possibly get a bonus character, but you have to also deal with like fog and night and timed like okay. time side quests and everything like that. So it'd be like, well, okay, well you're in the mountains, it's night, it's foggy. So you're so- saying for you, um, strategy guides were kind of used for more for kind of like warnings, like okay, it was. Yeah. For for the Nintendo Power is kind of like it was for the casual gamer that was like, hey, you should get you should get Fire Emblem because it's a great game. But here's a here's like the training here's some wheels. Tips. Here's some okay, yeah. like so those it, things it five things you should know about a it game. It was it wasn't literally going to give you every single thing, but it'd be like level six. Hey, you're gonna meet these two characters, and in order to recruit them, because you want to recruit people for your army. Like a, you're gonna have to record. The, you're you're gonna have to talk to this guy first. 
and then this guy will talk to his friend and then you get both of them and it's kind of like it that's kind of what it uh, essentially told me of like how to recruit people based on the people okay. that you're recruiting dude, that's like getting okay. Mewtwo and fucking in Pokemon dude Pokemon for Game Boy dude getting Mewtwo I remember looking that shit up on web- websites and it's like you need to go down this path brother and then you need to go do this and then you need to go why, do that why is it did, Hogan? Did, why is did, it Hulk, did Hulk Hogan write the review Hulk Hogan wrote the review yeah it was a special edition I paid a lot of money for that and uh, you that's, have that's to go there cool. and you I'm, always, I'm not mad you would always need to have a master ball to get Mewtwo and that wouldn't even work all the time it was like this motherfucker is kicking out of my one and only master ball what a prick He's fucking Roman uh, Reigns. I must have been really lucky because any Pokemon I anytime, anytime I caught Mewtwo was in a Master Ball one time. Wow. Well, There's always that one guy. Reigns. There's always that one guy. Yeah, you know, for me, I'm just good, though. I'm just good. <laughs> no, I, I was, I I was a shit. I, I snapped the fuck out of the B button to make sure that he was held in there. Which is a myth, by the way. That doesn't actually help you catch Pokemon. It just it was a You know what? It helps me relax. Yeah. <laughs> And it, yeah, gives, okay. and it gives you a scapegoat if it doesn't work. It's like, ah, I didn't hit it right. I didn't hit it enough. <laughs> that's that's exactly how it would be with uh with Fire Emblem because like every everybody had an animation of like you know when you go into battle like you know you have like the the troops that would have like their certain like swinging motion and everything like that. So it's like you'd wait for them to like get close to your character. You hit the B and the down like for me, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna dodge it, and it's like miss. Like God, got it. But then there were a couple times where it's like, nope, stab or oh, kill or ten damage or whatever. It's like ah, I didn't hit it right. I, so I, didn't, I didn't get it right. This actually uh, it kind of segued into um, something kind of perfect of uh, things to be proud of and and difficulty. It seems like we're all remembering difficulty and something that was hard. We tend we liked it. Um, Metal Gear Survive. Have any of you guys heard some of the reviews or heard yeah. some of the issues they've had with that? Yes, I have. I All I know is what I sent both of you. So um, I've been looking at a lot of reviews. I was th- I thought about getting it, dealing with it. This is the first time I saw, this is the first time in my life a Metal Gear game I chose not to get. Well, why? Well, look, look at the big factor. Why? Because. Yo, Kaja- yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's why. And that's why yeah. everybody's shitting on it. And, I mean, did you watch some of the videos and some of the reviews on this game? Uh, trending on Reddit. I don't know exactly, uh, Riley. Were you and I going to the same place? Ragbag? Oh, I was going to say, that was way too much of a coincidence. Were you and I both heading to the same place for the next segue? Well, did you did you happen to check out that video that was called When Res- or when, um, when Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear died? died? I did not watch that video yet. Oh, it's... They make, so he makes some pretty killer points, and I, I tell you what, he basically not only told us when it died, with that video, he killed Metal Gear Solid, this dude on YouTube did. I mean, I will never play that game after watching I know, that. I haven't seen that yet. I'm scared to. Metal Gear holds a place in my heart. I did see that there is an Easter egg before Hideo Kojima was not fired or let go. You know what I'm yep. talking about, where basically he put in the game... Uh, one, it was uh, his initials forever and literally shitting on like Japanese cuss words yep. for the – was it two other producers that had something to do with him leaving? Yep, yep. It was on a clipboard that they had made and it was yep. the last the, – the, the first letter of each person's last name on the clipboard spelled out. I can't remember exactly what it spelled out, but it was something along the lines of basically him putting a nod in 
Or and I'm actually I don't think it was actually him. I think it was the other people working on the game put in a knife for him, him to oh, honor him okay. and then said fuck these other two guys. You know, uh, in their language, it it's actually a cuss word. You know, I'm like, how did they even? How did they even get away with that? I have no idea. That's that's the part of it. Maybe I don't. And, and obviously, he's working on some other really great things uh, with uh, Death Stranded, and uh, it should be really interesting. I still don't know what the fuck that game's about, but yeah, in the videos that I've watched of the new Metal Gear Solid game, it basically looks like a shit port of Phantom of Pain. Yeah, it's. But it, the storyline doesn't make sense, and there's like zombies or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there. Like... Also, um, something that's really bad is you have to pay money for another character, basically for saving. <laughs> you guys yeah. should just seen, you should have seen Ragbag's uh, um, reaction. Yeah, um, for I think nine dollars and ninety nine cents, you can get another slave spot. What? I'm, yeah. What? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you only get one save. You get one character. You what happens to that in that scenario? I get that game. Oh yeah, game's over. Congratulations. Oh, you know, maybe I'll play it again. Oh, you wanna pay ten bucks for it? Nah, I'm just gonna give it to gaming generations. Hey, local plug, I like it. Local shop. Yeah. So in the lacrosse area. I mean, there's people in here that are calling the game, the, the game feels oppressive. Like, there's people making this game, like, uh, they're making this... Uh, See, here's here's the like, thing about about that whole... Like, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you cut everybody off, so it's okay. Um, but, it, so, it's, it's funny because, like, there was this huge backlash with Battlefront 2, right? Where everything was microtransactions, where you had to you know, pay out the ass to basically play the game, and there was so much negative feedback that it was like a PR nightmare for EA. And then like Metal Gear is like, man, that was fucking shitty, right? Hey, what if we do that as well, where we basically charge people like ten bucks? It's only ten bucks, and then if they want to replay the game, they pay us to do it. Like who? Who was on the fucking like Who's board of being like be that's it that's it. you know what you know yeah like they, they everybody has to pay out the ass to play Battlefront but like oh we're just charging to replay the game oh I like that because it's only ten dollars because you'd have to of- erase your character you would have to erase your character and all the progress you've made. In order, if you want to, and there's a lot of people that love fresh runs. There's yeah. some people who will restart a game in the middle of a game simply because they want to. And in this game, you like oh. it's, it's it, so stupid. Yeah, part of it's 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 mainly because it's on the main stage. It is a Metal Gear Solid, and it's the first one without Kojima. So it's like obviously there's gonna be more spectators on it, and they just happen to make a total shit ass game with Metal Gear Solid's name on it with the idea that this is kojima's first time being away after he got fucked over so uh yeah the 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 hate is going to pour on them and uh i don't think you can expect any less because of how everything went down a couple of months ago and they basically kicked him off the title that's and that's the thing is that this is the first time that there's ever been anything like this where it was it's basically saying hey you want to do a fresh run well you got to pay extra for it World of Warcraft doesn't do that. You can literally no. make you can make yeah. I mean, you can you're limited limited to how many characters you can make in a server, but there's unlimited servers. You don't have to worry about, you know, anything with that. There is 
you know, you can like in Fallout, for example, you can make as many characters as you <laughs> want. You know, like you have granted a lot of times when you do a new like run, you have X amount of space for it because of based on your memory card, based on your you know storage unit and everything like that. Sure, but there's never been the opportunity for somebody to say, "Hey, let's charge you to make a new game." Do and you there's think- a reason why nobody's ever done that before. Sorry, I'll finish this up. Okay. Um, yeah. There's a reason why nobody has ever done that because it's just kind of why? Why would you do it? Because ultimately, because ultimately, people are pay for your game. They fucking love the game. They want to play it over again. And nowadays, you have the opportunity that you know you're gonna get you know money from DLCs, from season passes, whatever. So there's people are gonna get your they're gonna get your fucking money. But instead of just accepting that, they're like, oh, let's milk more out of them. And now they're going to be the people that are like, hey, we did this. It didn't work. I do know that um, I remember reading in an IGN because I did subscribe to IGN to get their um, art, uh, to get their magazine. I do remember a long time ago, um, Hideo Kojima was talking about they were experimenting with the idea of if you if Solid Snake died, you had to replay the entire game. Do you think that maybe they went? They kind of wanted the survival mode to feel a little bit more, you know, scared, like the idea of this is your character, this is your one game right here, and if you die, you know, it's going to obviously affect your score. You guys know how Metal Gear work. It's going to affect a lot of things. Do you think that this was their way of trying to make you be trying to make you more invested into your character, really making sure he stays alive and really making sure you actually survive because it's your one game. I think honestly, it's just another, we, we, we talk about this again all the time, but again, it's another opportunity in which these developers can kind of exploit this new generation of gamers where you do pay to play. So um, introducing a new way in which they can make a few extra bucks off of some people that wouldn't otherwise know better um, at the end of the day, I mean, if they if they make uh, fucking a million dollars off of off of those extra purchases, then all that they have to worry about is stupid fucks like us complaining about it. I mean, we complain about microtransactions all the time, and obviously it made a big difference when it came to Battlefront. Um, but just because you guys at, talking, but you but you still look at the the other games, like you look at the, the all the sports titles, you look at even Call of Duty World War Two, which has been put over on this podcast way too much, and um, they're microtransactions live so again it's another new way in which these developers can make more I'm, money off of people that are already purchasing the game and i and i and i want to say quick before rgg gets into his thing um you know you talk about the like the game that like if you died it's over you know you and sure shot talked about you know in star wars where you know if you if your character dies you're done that was it over again that was it did that, did that game ever charge you to start a new game no, you just, you exactly. just, yeah, you, yeah, that's a good point. No, it didn't. And, you just started a new game, character. Was, was that game super popular regardless of that? Yeah. Yeah. It was very popular. Huh, weird. Right. <laughs> that's old school mentality though. So, um, here's something I will say from working at target. One of the things I saw, which kind of broke Shout my heart. Target. Shout out to target. Like, what? Uh, <laughs> okay. One of the things that kind of broke my heart and it was really sad is, and I felt really bad, um, was I saw the kids 
buying getting those the, the getting the cards for the online uh, the the DLC money. I mean not, not DLC, the microtransactions. And I saw the for uh, well well they were at first for Battlefront until I told you I've already talked about yeah, that how they uh, got play of the yeah. month. Yeah. And then here's the no and then yeah 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 because the uh, Sorry, and I thought it was really sad because I saw them getting these things for like other sports games and so on. You know, they're they're getting the 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 microtransaction cards, and these parents are just they're just doing it. They're not even thinking about it. And this is what they're capitalizing on: it are these little kids are going, oh, you know, they know they want something. It's only twenty dollars, and this parent is already dropping hundreds of dollars on other things. Another twenty bucks is not going to. It's just going to slip their mind, so the kid will go up, they'll grab it, like for FIFA or whatever. Um, just the, the the microtransaction cards, the, I see kids just throw them in the cart, and they go on. And I'm like, that's how they do it. That is how they, they continue to make the money. That is what it is. I think it's off the kids, which is brings us to why I'm glad that Hawaii... And I forgot another country in Hawaii is is making those illegal and starting to regulate them for a certain age. If a game has microtransactions, you need to be 21 to play because that is that is what that is that that is that is um uh, betting. Uh, what is that? Gambling. Gambling. That's gambling. It is. And they're taking advantage of these children. And I saw it with my I'm like, I actually got to see it. And I went, whoa, I see why Hawaii is trying to do this. Forgive us, guys. I know we're jumping all yeah. over the place. But I want to jump in again. It's, it's gambling because of a loot crate system. So it's not necessarily that they are buying DLC. It's that they are spending $20 in the hopes of getting maybe a special kind of armor. But instead, they're, they're basically rolling the dice. Here, here's $20. Hopefully I get that from uh, fucking EA. And EA is like, ah, fuck off, kid. Here's a, here's a new celebration <laughs> jester. And they're like, well, shit, that sucks. Here, hopefully I'll throw another $20 in there and play a little... Uh, Fucking, uh, well, know, first off, if these, these tiny, if these little ass kids are saying fucking shit, then I really hope there's no, parents. no, he's saying, oh, dude, no, he's saying he ain't said that when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I cussed. Well, I just didn't do if, it around if my I, parents. If I, if I cussed in front of my parents, they're like, well, I'm not getting this. No. Um, so, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I have a feeling, and I know we've talked about it a lot, but you know we have to admit it's all over the headlines. It still is out there. It still is an issue, and it's actually being brought up in law. You know, um, I have a feeling that uh, in the future, I used to think that, and I, and what I feel good about is like um, Ubisoft. Wow, you know, hands, uh, you know, applaud. I'm applauding them. To Ubisoft, that uh, they're not. Um, that they're not making another Assassin's Creed game. And I think that's, I also believe that had something to do with this uh, microtransaction backlash. Now, they did say they have made a lot of money off their microtransactions. They, they've admitted that. But they've also had enough balls to say, unlike other companies, that they've made just as much money off their single-player games yep. as well. Which, as we know, single-player games... Uh, might be in danger, but there are, like, Bethesda will never give up on us. Right. The, you know what I mean? And... Ubisoft is like, guys. Not only do we hear you, we're gonna make, we're gonna make, which I can't stop playing it. Assassin's Creed Origins. We're gonna make this game even better. We're not gonna release another Assassin's Creed. We're gonna re release DLC for this and make this game even better. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, yeah, because. Oh yeah, you go ahead, Riley. Well, I mean, ultimately, like the games that are incredibly popular and successful are the games that 
sure, there's the opportunity to you know make a, a DLC where you have to pay money for it. And it's kind of like, oh, there's a little bit more if you want something new and you play the vanilla game to tears and you kind of want something a little fresh to, to do that. And then it's like, OK, cool, I'll do that because that sounds awesome. But it's not like the, the games that are like, hey, you want to move like five steps? Eh, pay me like ten dollars. And like someone five. would do that, too, which is sad. But go yeah, ahead. So, 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 you, so like if you have like the, the games that are like, oh, well, we'll charge for every little thing. It's not going to be fun. You're not going to get the money out of it because you're literally trying to milk everything out of it. But you have the games that are like, oh, well, you have the vanilla. This is everything. Do it. Have fun. Play it. You're going to love it. Everybody plays it until it's like, I don't even know what I can do. Hey, we got we got DLC. You want you want to you want to try it out? DLC is okay. Yeah, I'm okay with DLC. I'm okay. I am, too. I'm just saying, like, the, the games that are like, hey, well, we got this new DLC. We're going to give you this really cool trailer for it. And they're like, I'm in. Again, like, look how at do it. I how do I get this? And they're like, 20 right bucks. Back. Like, right back. Go ahead. If you want an example of how to do a microtransaction system, really look at what Grand Theft Auto has done. I mean, that they Rockstar's been, I mean, I know that they are working on the next Red Dead game, but they basically come out and said, we don't fucking know when we're going to do the next Grand Theft Auto because the one yep. that's right now is so successful, and it's yep. kind of the online mode. It's not necessarily single-player because, honestly, yeah. in the Grand Theft Auto games, the single-player campaign has become secondary to the online multiplayer. The online mode is not the main. You don't necessarily need to spend a bunch of extra money to play the online portion of the game. But here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. You, it's a choice. You don't. They make first exactly. off making money in that game is easy. It exactly. is not hard. That's what and I'm it is. Say. They're doing choice. it right. That's, That's why nobody's yeah. shitting on them. But they've been doing it. You're right. Fucking. It was on the last gen systems, but nobody yeah. shits on them like they do everywhere else because they make it an option, a choice. Hey, dude, do you want some cool fucking camo pants? Give us a quick nine, you know, ninety nine cents, and you can buy those camo pants, or just go make money doing the missions. Yeah, yeah, just go do it. Or hey, you know what? Just take five minutes out of your time and steal a car. And give it to Simon or whatever his name is. That's all you got to do. You have a choice. Get either those give us pants, man. Yeah. Either hey, you know what? Do it your way. But I, you're right. That's the key thing. Is they gave you an option. Unlike a lot of games today, they're not giving you an option. They're taking that away from you, and they're saying you need. You can only get this outfit through this loot box, or you know what I mean. Like God, dang, that is so annoying. Dude, you guys, you, know, you guys play Red Dead at all? I loved Red Dead Redemption. You think they're gonna? I did not play that. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna ask you quick, RGG. Red Dead obviously coming out, hopefully later this year. Can you see them somehow turning Red Dead into an online game like GTA? I don't know if that. It was the first one. It it was. Yeah, they had an awesome online game. It was amazing. Yeah, they did. Ride horses everywhere. Open world. You could. It was seamless. It was amazing. Like you, it was awesome. Um, you could do missions together. It was just. It was. It was like a beta version of what you see now in Grand Theft. Grand Theft. uh, Grand Theft Auto. What you see in Grand Theft Auto was actually done in Red Dead Redemption first. They were using Red Dead Redemption to test out that in Grand Theft Auto. So once they mastered it in Red Dead Redemption, then obviously Grand Theft Auto, they then did the same exact thing. So it is going to be the same exact thing, and it's going to be amazing. And I promise you, more people are going to spend more time online. Oh, God dang it. Every time... 
Um, more people are probably going to spend their time with Red Dead Redemption online th uh, too than they are going to be in the game. And I can't wait to play that game. And guys, we have to admit, Red Dead Re I played it. The the download for for the zombie, the the yeah. apocalypse. They just said, you know what? We're not even going to do something with story. We're just going to have fun. Yep. You know, it was so much fun. Yep. I believe in Rockstar, and I really, truly believe that they're going to do the same thing. That game is going to come out, and it is going to live forever. Now, back to one thing you, that they have, have have admitted. Why why would we do a GTA 6 right now? It's going to take, you know, look how successful the game we're, we have right now is. That's the issue they're having with Skyrim. Like, Skyrim is so successful. <laughs> it is making so much money still, and... They don't. Bethesda just doesn't want to be a game that does Fallout, Skyrim, Skyrim, Fallout, Skyrim, Fallout, Skyrim. They're working on something else that's not Fallout or Skyrim related. I think this is just me adding this in, guys. Stick with me. I think it is going to be years before we see another Elder Scrolls game, and I'm okay with that. Well, and that's because, another thing. Well, why, you, why do they need to? Because like that game, like Skyrim, came out back in 2011. Like, basically, at this point, you know, roughly six and a half years because it came out in late 2011 and it's early 2018 right now. So, basically, you know, closing up, like, you know, basically half a half a year away from their seven-year anniversary and people are still playing it. People are still modding it. People are still adding stuff to it. Recently, they're like, well, things are good. Okay, well, we'll do Creation Club where you can take it or leave it. But they're basically saying, hey... Here's Skyrim is Here's still all of it. Skyrim is there still active. Skyrim is still doing stuff. Skyrim, Skyrim is still doing good stuff. Yep. So if you guys no, are still playing it, we'll we'll basically just acknowledge that it's I, still a thing. We'll do shit. I will say. I, I will say. I'm gonna jump in real quick. I will say mm -hmm. there is a big difference between GTA and Skyrim because GTA, as we just talked about, it's online. So what? What are they going to do better oh, than online? Right. I mean, the right. online system is going to be exactly the same. Maybe better graphics. Maybe the servers are better. But when you're talking about Skyrim, there are opportunities to grow from Bethesda's side. You can introduce a new storyline. You can do a lot of different things on Bethesda's side. But I think, obviously, with the amount They're of that to the player. Out with voice acting and really creating a story element, aside from just the really fun outside perspective of building a, a hut and all that fun stuff, um, I mean, I personally, I see potential as to why they could create a new Skyrim game. I mean, fuck, even if it's just making a more a, a, a beautiful game. You mean we Elder Scrolls this, game. We just talked about this. Their graphics are, are not are starting to not really hold up anymore. Unless you no, the game isn't holding up. No, the game isn't holding up. But um, it it um, the Elder Scrolls series than this one Skyrim. Um, uh, this is holding up because what they're doing is they gave the tools to the people. And they're letting the people, um, it's their game. Like, like the Bethesda went, here is the toolbox. Because you guys know that, like, like, modders are coming out with full games, fully voiced, new areas. Like, they have, there's a, there's a new expansion coming out soon, paid for by the people, by separate programmers and like it's the people that keep driving the game and i don't know it you're right it's not like grand theft auto but what it where they're very similar is the community supports it that's why it keeps making money and that's why you know they they they're there that's why they're I do, still i do think there's something 
about being able to play through a game that was made by the developers of the game opposed to the community that makes it more special because I've went on Skyrim a few times and I've tried playing the custom stories and they're not bad or anything but there is something you know when you're playing it you just know that it's not from Bethesda you know it's not from the developers there the guys that put in the hard work that are trying to make this game the game of the year or whatever um, and I, I don't know. I personally, Although I, I think that's great. But I, I, mean, I, I, I will say though, that like the creation club, um, a lot of that is from modders that do get like signed on because they've done the mods. And then Bethesda's like, Hey, do you want to do that? But like also get paid to do that, like with us and everything, sure. which is, which is great. But ultimately the, the thing that really sucks about it is that the people that they really bring on are the people that just do like, Oh well, here's a house mod, or oh, here's this mod, or something like that. So it's not necessarily the quest line mods that get brought into Creation Club, because like then you kind of see the difference between like the the community uh, modder versus like Bethesda, where it's like, oh well, we're gonna add this, and then everybody reviews it the same way, where it's like, oh well, here's this really cool weapon, really no backstory to it, no really reason why it's in, why, why it's in Skyrim. Oh, you just kind of stumble upon this guy who has it. You kill him, and now you have it, which is which everybody shits on. Opposed to like a modder who'd be like, "Oh, well, if I did that, I would have like a backstory. I'd have everybody talking about him, and then I, you kill him, and then you get it, and then have the consequence." And, and it's you like, can do that. It's like okay, but ultimately, it's about what Bethesda is going to pay. Real quick, um, guys, listening to um, regular guy gaming, I want you. Um, I know we're in, and uh, just you're going to have to rewind it. Either count or write down or let us know how many times Riles Manalis has said ultimately. Also, take a shot every time he says ultimately. <laughs> that's going um, to be a, 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 a – that, That's going <laughs> to – Did you hear what he said? He said he said, I said it once. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, once again, guys, uh, go ahead and keep count and take a shot. No. Um, hey, let's shed on the guest, everybody. <laughs> So, uh, pull it back. I can't pull it all the way back. We're at an hour of recording. I didn't know what. The oh, fuck I, I didn't. Okay. So, no, no, no. You're right. My bad. So, um, no, uh, we went all over the place, guys. Um, we, we really did. Um, it started off with what was your most memorable moment? Uh, Rosman uh, you gave a very awesome one that, that did, did you end up like not having any of your characters die, I guess I didn't really get the answer talk to that. About fire sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Okay, my bad. My point is, I'm just kidding. thank you. No, no. Okay, the answer is no. See, that sucks. I really wish you could have got that done. And no, no, that I none of my characters died. Sorry. Oh, you did get it to where they all stayed alive. Yeah. Okay. Good job. And also uh, for you, uh, Ragbag. Um, good job on the, the Power Rangers thing. That was abs- that that was cool. Um, I wonder how. I mean, how many? How long? You said what? Ten minutes, or you, it took you longer than that? Or I don't fucking remember, dude. I was like fucking six years old. It was. Kind of I saw me up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably over exaggerating. It probably wasn't even that bad. But at that time, at that age, it was like the worst thing ever. My ADD was going crazy. No, but um, guys, I, I uh, thank you. I know we, we jumped all over the place, um, and I I had fun. I loved going back, and I, I think it's always fun to go back into uh, Final Fantasy. Any reason to talk about that series is fun. Um, just uh, thank you, guys. Uh, had a really great time. I can't believe it's been an hour. I guess it's that easy to talk with you guys about games. It's just that easy. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, it's a good time. Fuck you guys. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so you know what? We'll just go ahead from here. Um, uh, Riles Beniles, can you go ahead and plug your stuff? Riles, when are you going to start streaming, dude? You've been talking to me about it. You're, do you got a channel up yet? Do you, you got anything to plug? Yeah, what is that? up with that? Well, yeah. now that I have internet in my own place where after three fucking hours... So, yeah, streaming, that will probably happen pretty soon. So uh, now that I actually have internet, that I have the ability to do streaming and I don't have to worry about, like, leeching off my uh, my landlord's connection across the street and I don't have to worry about that shit, yeah, definitely down the road. Um, I don't what think I'm going to make – So before I get to that, I don't know if I'm going to make a separate channel or whatever. I might just leech it off of uh, – my already pre-established like YouTube channel with AC Riley, with my pre-established Facebook page, my pre-established social media. Um, you know, I might, I'm, I'm basically going to leave the baits it, I guess, if you want to say anything like that, um, or Jessica Havocat, um, basically just kind of say, Hey, I do this. Also I game. Um, so I think basically, uh, ultimately, Hey, uh, there you go. <laughs> drink again. I'm going to get everybody drunk because Isaac is now maybe self-aware. Um, so there's a bunch of games that I'm waiting to, to play specifically for a stream. So uh, Wolfenstein 2, um, I would like to also uh, – what was the other one? Um, Call of Duties. Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. Thanks for spoiling it. Um, so uh, Wolfenstein 2, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins I got. I, I'd like to do something with that. That's fun uh, what else? Uh, there was also um, Call of Duty's uh, actual like campaign. I specifically not touch it because I kind of want to do something with that. Um, and as Ragbag mentioned, I want I want to do something with the Fallout Four. So ultimately, the the main goal with Fallout is I wanted to do some something with VR because I I specifically have not touched Fallout Four for months and at this point basically a year because I want to come back to it and do something new with it and like then an I thought, adventures of i i based uh, for me i wanted fallout 4 to kind of feel like fresh i wanted it to feel like i hadn't played it even though i played it for weeks um so i wanted to do vr i wanted to do something a little bit different but realistically that's probably not going to happen anytime soon um so a- if i if i have the opportunity to do something with a stream and i have fallout 4 I figured maybe survival mode because uh, I, I'm not I'm not gonna play survival mode by myself where there's really no payoff where it's like okay I have to basically just you know fuck myself over. For I played survival sake. mode real quick on uh, Fallout Three and it annoyed the hell out of me. Fallout you didn't New get Vegas. anything out of it. Fallout New Vegas. Sorry, I was pissed that I beat the game. And all you got was I thought you would get something cool out of it, but you didn't. Yeah. It's just literally for the experience, and yeah. like I, I did a little bit of New Vegas hardcore, and it was like, okay, cool, it's 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 different, it's hard, and it, it keeps everything fresh. But it was like, well, there's really nothing out of it. But yeah. I figured, I figured if I really, really, really want to stream Fallout Four, I figured survival mode is probably yeah. the best option. It and is. That, People would be that, into that. And that and that's the thing is that because you can't fast travel and stuff like that, it's like there's there's just, probably gonna. Chess Duke actually, um, with her streams, she always tries the hardest level or the um, or any type of survival. She plays that way. Uh, I know just from from watching, people tend to be into that more. Uh, Ragbag, 
thank you, Riles Beniles. Um, Ragbag, you look like you are ready to go. So, oh, no, do dude, you have no what? tired as shit? Is that what it is? <laughs> so, um, uh, okay, awesome. Thank you very much. Make sure you get list guys listen to the Riley Factor. Um, whenever he drops that, you know, I know. Sorry, man. I, I know you took a while on that other one, so we'll see. Forever. Make sure you guys listen to the Riley Factor on the Grapple Talk Network, and also listen to Grapple Talk, which you guys are. I appreciate it. You guys are listening to Grapple Talk because they are more consistent now, um, and you guys are listening to us, and I appreciate that too. Anything you have to say, Ragbag, before we go? Yeah, don't listen to the Ross Women Matters podcast anymore. They already get enough love, and their heads are getting a little too yeah. big. So, kind of slow down. Yeah. On hey. I was on the episode twenty of the Rossley Matters oh, podcast. Now, now we get another yeah, Matters which podcast which won't podcast. come out for like three more weeks, so it's okay. Yeah, um, Ross podcast. I uh, they're the bane of, of I I oh my god that podcast. I love I love hate listening to it. You know, it'll be one time it'll be great. I'm listening to it. I'm laughing, and then out of nowhere they shit on me. It's like what the hell's wrong with you guys? I know you're listening, man. To keep you on your toes. RGD, I, do you play uh, you play Mortal Kombat, don't you? Oh yeah, I play Mortal Kombat. So I just got uh, Mortal Kombat uh, Combat X over at uh, Gaming Gen because that's the second plug of them. You're just um, now bringing that up. I do, I I want to bring it. I I I forgot about it. So uh, Combat X, uh, who's who's your character? Who's your who's your um? Guy? So my guy, um, I two guys. Uh, Fer- ter- uh actually, it's. Uh, Ferratora, which is the big giant guy with the little girl um, on his back. Um, uh-huh. I play him. One of my favorites. And then uh, the other guy that I play, I went to um, Evo with, was Raiden. Um, those are my guys. Um, I love them. Um, the style that I played was um, Thunder God. Is I played, and then um, I can't remember the style for Ferritor because there's three different styles you can choose. But a lot of people, if you're going to play online, be ready for Cyborg, Triborg, and Smoke. A lot of people are spam the hell out of those guys. Triborg is really popular, so just be ready for that. Um, if I was you, just play it for the story because Mortal Kombat, the NRS games are good enough just for the story alone. But I don't want to get too far so into that because... Yeah, Sorry, and yeah. I, I'm still getting into it, but like with with Mortal Kombat, and this is something I, re- I was really thinking about is you know it's again it's fighting to the death, and I gotta ask is that how how is there no absolute possible way that one of these people in Mortal Kombat knows Krav Maga? Oh <laughs> man, that actually happened. Did you actually get Mortal Kombat, or were you just totally fucking around to get that whole that thing in? Because if that's the case, then Bravo. I want to get Combat X. I don't have it right now, but oh, that was uh, fantastic. Good for you, man. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Show's over. Again, another really fun interview between RGG Riles Beniles and myself. We're we're some good we're good buddies. Uh, we always take uh, quite a bit of time after each and every show that we're all on together to kind of sit down and and chit chat. Whether that is about gaming or just about life, I always think uh, the best kinds of discussions come out of uh, you know, friendships. And I'd, I'd like to think that, uh, both those dudes are pretty close friends and, uh, and yeah, you can definitely tell there is some chemistry there when we, when we sit down and discuss and hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did, because again, it's always fun reminiscing about the past, right? We can always focus on, uh, things that are happening in the future, but sometimes it's fun to think about how things were back in the day because, 
Dude, there are still times where I think about being at my mom's place inside the uh, glass room that I called it, and simply because I had a glass door. I mean, it's not like the other walls were made of glass, but the door was made of glass. And um, I remember sitting on my Super Nintendo and playing games like Contra and playing games like, uh, you know, old school Mickey Mouse games, Mickey Mouse Adventure games. And uh, and I, I just remember being so thrilled to be able to do that for hours upon hours upon hours. And uh, it's crazy just to think about how far gaming has come and what we do, um, you know, in today's world as far as streaming and stuff like that. It's, it's wild. It's crazy to think about. And those kind of discussions are always real exciting to have because, honestly, before we decided to chit-chat about uh, accomplishments in gaming and achievements that we'd had, I hadn't thought about um, those old-school Power Ranger playthroughs until just right now and uh, fired it up on my Super Nintendo emulator. And, uh, boy, oh, boy, it is... Um, just as fun as I remember, although, oh my goodness, are the graphics and really the game mechanics awful. There is a reason why gaming has made it to where it is nowadays. <laughs> I, can say, I can say that much. Speaking of coming up in the future, I do want to make sure that I end this podcast uh, with some gamer news, and that would be, since it is the beginning of March, some upcoming releases that I think a lot of people should be looking forward to. Uh, one in particular that I think a lot of people are talking about, and uh, I know we don't really highlight it too much on this podcast simply because we're all a bunch of PlayStation 4 gamers, but Sea of Thieves set to officially release on the Xbox One and PC on March 20th. Um, this game has a ton of hype. You're basically a pirate and you're sailing around. It's a big co-op adventure game. And uh, it sounds like it's been a lot of fun. I know that there's actually been a couple of people uh, throughout where I live that have been talking to me about this game and about how excited they are uh, because it also does support crossplay. So that means if you are a PC gamer, you can play with your Xbox friends. And if you're an Xbox gamer, you can play with your PC friends, which is a really cool concept, something I wish that uh, PS4 and Xbox would explore just a little bit more um, in the future. Speaking of co-op games, also March 23rd, here's a big game that uh, sets a release that had a huge uh, E3 in 2017 a way out basically you're two dudes trying to make it out of prison um it seems like it's going to be a a pretty fun uh different kind of twist on the co-op experience because apparently both players are absolutely necessary in order to get out and survive outside of the prison uh definitely a game that uh, i'm hoping to quite possibly purchase either on the release day or shortly thereafter, um, and, and hopefully I can find myself a second player. I have a couple in mind, and I'm sure they're listening to this podcast right now. I love to stream that game. That sounds like a lot of fun. There's never, there, honestly, like some of my, my most fond memories in gaming, and I think this is something that we could probably talk about in an upcoming podcast, but really just co-op play. And I'm not talking co-op like Call of Duty Online or Left 4 Dead or, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking like World of War, like not that kind of stuff. I'm saying like a game that's dedicated to you and another person. The storyline's built around your relationship and how you guys can work together to, uh, to to make it through a game. Resident Evil 5 comes to mind. Me and a really, really good friend from high school, uh, I think his name was... Uh, Epic Mr. Finch, I'm pretty sure that's what his gamer tag was. I think I know he does still play a little bit. But um, me and him going through Resident Evil 5 with our two characters, I... <laughs> Honestly, those are those are I, I've I've played definitely better games than Resident Evil Five. I've had a lot better experiences playing games in Resident Evil Five, but that one just really sticks out because you're playing with somebody else. It's like you're sharing these experiences. That's why I always go back to Gears of War. You know, people look at Gears of War and sometimes laugh at it and say, "Oh, that game that game fucking sucked," or the story was weird, or the mechanics were weird. But it's like, dude, I had a really close friend to play through, share those experiences with, and uh, it just it really honestly makes the game just that much better. 
better. So a way out on uh, March 23rd. That is definitely one that I know a lot of people will be keeping their eyes on. And, of course, Far Cry 5, uh, pretty much all the platforms. March 27th for all you Far Cry fans. Keep that one uh, if you are going to plan on purchasing that shortly after release. A couple other games that are coming out in the month of March. Detective Pikachu. I'm looking over this... uh, release list and honestly there's not too many things that perk my interest as much as detective pikachu it's for the 3ds i have no idea what it's about but i know that uh apparently you are pikachu and you are also detective pure farming 2018 the newest farming simulator coming out on ps4 all platforms march 13th so if you uh ever had any sort of want to be a farmer maybe you're maybe you're a city boy right a city gal you're just stuck, you know, you're like, ah, I couldn't get my mocha the way I liked it today. Ah, damn it, I have to put the wrong kind of gas in my, whatever the, whatever the hell city people do. You ever want to get that farming experience? Try out the farming simulator. I think they're usually relatively fairly cheap games, and I don't even know what you do. I don't know, do you just, I mean, you probably just farm, maybe milk some cows, um, you know, maybe uh, to feed the pigs, um, pull some crops. Maybe a, a nice little way to maybe spend your weekend. You know, you've had a busy week at work. You're sick of dealing with people, and you want to go out to the ranch and, uh, you know, milk your milk your cattle. There, there you go, farming simulator. And then a big one uh, for me and maybe a couple of other people that get into sports gaming, MLB The Show 18 coming out on March 27th. Again, this is a really big um, a really big game for me in particular because uh, MLB The Show, um, the developers over there, kind of discuss the idea of kind of really changing up franchise mode as you know that's a, that's a pretty big thing for a lot of offline players um which which I am I'm an offline player when it comes to sports gaming they said that they basically kind of neglected the franchise mode over the past couple of years and they're going to make a change to the system this year so we'll see how that is again March 27th for MLB the show 18 um quite po- it's it's the only baseball franchise you can get on a console anymore um that's that's worth playing it has really nice graphics has uh you know all the MLB approved licensing and uh I'm super pumped for that I got last year's game it was fun but again when it comes to offline play franchise mode got a little boring so uh really excited to see the overhauls here and really excited to to get uh you know start playing on the diamond with the brew crew again so we'll probably talk about that that'll definitely be a either day one or uh, shortly thereafter uh, pick up for me. Um, And with that, that's pretty much it. I want to do some plugs here really quick as we recorded the interview with Riles Beniles and RGG. Um, That was before Riles Beniles had his first ever um, commentary stream session. Uh, He just started doing a series of Fallout Survivor mode. Survivor, survival, whatever it's called, on uh, YouTube. You can check him out by searching Riles Beniles. He's only, I believe, six subs away at the at the point of this broadcast from getting a hundred subs, and I know that's a pretty big difference because with a hundred subs, you can uh, make your own URL. So if you are listening to this and you want to help a brother out, search Riles Beniles on YouTube. Find him on Facebook, Riles Beniles, Wrong Alex Riley, AC Riley. I don't know what Facebook moniker he uses. And uh, get a link to his YouTube page. Make sure to give him a subscribe. Hell, shit, even if, you know, you don't necessarily want to be subscribed to him, go subscribe to him for like a week just so we can get to 100 subs so we can get his URL changed because uh, we're all young and we're, we're early on in our gaming careers, our gaming streaming careers. 
And, uh, you know, the biggest thing that we can do right now is to help this dude out. It takes 10 seconds to, to click a button, and you're really making a difference in a guy's career that's uh, trying to start to get into gaming, commentating. Um, Riles Beniles had a phenomenal first episode. Um, I don't exactly know how many views it was at. It's a couple hundred, though, last time I saw, which is crazy to think for a first uh, stream. I think when I do any sort of streams now, I'm still in the, like, the 15 to 20 person range, 20, 20 view range. So uh, hats off to Riles Benalys. He's doing really good things with the, the, the Fallout uh, series that he just started. The dude knows the game like no other, and it's, it's pretty fun watching him um, go through that battle, uh, giant mosquitoes and uh, raiders. Because as any of you know that have played Fallout, those don't seem like to be the most threatening enemies. But when you play on survival mode, it, they are the most difficult enemies ever. I can't wait to see how in the hell he's going to deal with super mutant camps and things like that. Um, so make sure to check him out. Again, Riles Benalys, Wrong Alex Riley, uh, AC Riley. Search for him on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. I have no idea which exactly handle he uses for what. Just search all those titles, and I'm sure you'll stumble upon him. He's a dude with the Fallout gear. Um, RGG, Regular Guy Gaming. Uh, you can search him on Twitch, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter. He's all over the place. And uh, don't forget to search for me as well, R-A-G-G-B-A-G-G, on YouTube, on Twitter, Um on Facebook, I will most likely drop this podcast, and then right after that, I'm going to go and uh, finish up my Resident Evil 7 Biohazard series. Uh, a couple of really good scares uh, frightened me quite a bit, and uh, really looking forward to seeing how this, this series ends. I only anticipate I probably have another 20 minutes left, but when I was streaming uh, the game uh, uh, on Saturday, it just kind of got to the point where I've been playing for like three and a half hours and I was like, all right, now I gotta, I got stuff I gotta do. So I had to quit and, uh, hoping to finish that up. And, uh, hopefully you can join me for that as well. I, I jumped over to Twitch for a little bit for a couple of videos and, uh, I just honestly, you know, it's, it's so new. Twitch is such a, a, a monster in itself. It's so, it, you know, People say it might be similar to YouTube, but it, honestly, it's not. There's so many different things when it comes to YouTube and Twitch. Uh, tried Twitch out. Uh, there were a couple of times where I got, you know, five to eight viewers at a time when I was commentating. Oh, five to eight viewers. Uh. Um, and to me, you know, it just wasn't sustainable. It was, it was harder for me to uh, promote it because I'd already had been working on my YouTube channel. So going back to YouTube for a little bit, going to stream on there and uh, post videos on there. And then I think once I'm comfortable with that, if I start... Um, not noticing any sort of progress. I might jump back in Twitch. I might go back and forth. I have no idea. I'm just trying to see what works and uh, whatever sticks, sticks. So, again, you can search for me on Twitch if you'd like. Otherwise, find me on YouTube, R-A-G-G-B-A-G-G. -G -G. Search that. I don't have a custom URL yet, so you got to use the, the fancy-dancy search engine, which I'm hoping most people know how to use. With all that said, uh, appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of Regular Guy Gaming. Um, the support over the past couple of weeks has been phenomenal. It's honestly, I, I'm going to be straight honest with you guys. When we first started doing this podcast, we were doing it every week, you know, and I would do these intros and outros or I try to find time with RGG. And it was just like, man, this, you know, with, with having the flagship, with trying to do the commentating, with having the, the, the nine to five day job, Monday through Fridays, with trying to do wrestling, with trying to do, you know, have a, I have a, a fiance right now. We're planning a wedding. I have a dog that I like to actually show attention to. I don't like locking him in a kennel for hours upon hours, because if you do that and you're listening to this, you should not own a dog. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get uh, 
political or anything there. But if you do that with your dog, you should not own a dog because that is being a shitty owner. I don't fucking care if you stop listening to this podcast. If you're a shitty dog owner, you shouldn't listen to this fucking podcast. Fuck you. Um, but anyways, uh, when we first started doing this podcast, it became to a point where it felt like it was a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of resources. And, you know, with the support that we've seen and with the fun that we've had and the discussions that we've had, I've realized that actually this is something I look forward to doing every week. And it's large in part thanks to you listeners for tuning in and supporting this. So I can't tell you how much we appreciate that, how much we appreciate you, and how much we also appreciate the Grapple Talk Network for hosting all this. So, again, uh, for Ragbag, Riles, Beniles, and RGG, thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll catch you next time right here on Regular Guy Gaming. Hey guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. Hey, it's Hot Shot Scott Williams. Do you like chili? Well, I do too. Do you like podcasts? Well, so do we. It's the Ross Family Matters podcast. Join myself, Victor Stick Ross, Jack Spade, and, From a, the and a cavalcade of other people except Maru. You're never allowed. The Grapple Talk Network, it's the podcast. We're coming at you. Maru's not allowed!